listening to Cartridge Audio. My name's Trevor Strunk, Hagelbont on Twitter, and I have with me uh, three guests, which is an entirely unreasonable amount of guests. Um, <laughs> you might call this the worst of all possible worlds, uh, as we are joined hey. by the podcast hosts of the uh, lovely uh, new podcast. You guys are still new, right? That you, yeah, would you new. say you're still yeah, new? Fresh, fresh little pretty babies. New? Okay. I think so. I think so. Well, I think old. once you have... Once you have once you have Scott on, uh, they've had Scott Benson on. So if you like those episodes, go listen to his uh, episode there. I think Scott's episode is very good. Um, it deals with everyone's favorite thing, um, Christian ephemera. Uh, <laughs> that was meant to. <laughs> and really, really, when we had Scott on, that was when we arrived. Yeah. Honestly. Uh, Taking us right to the no, top. No, it always is. That Castleson Cauldron's episode. Oh, yeah. 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 He's a kingmaker. Um, yeah. That's what's important about Scott. Um <laughs> The Benson bump, they call it. <laughs> That's yeah, and 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 we're not talking pregnancy, everyone. Although spontaneous yeah. pregnancies are known to happen, uh, just out of sure joy of being around That's Scott right. Benson while playing Night uh, in the Woods, actually, yeah. about midway through, just <laughs> instantly pregnant. Tragic, tragic pregnancies, but in the end, sort of bittersweet. Oh, pregnancies. very bittersweet. That's nice. There's yeah. also a look yeah. Lovecraftian monster midway through. It's great. That well, what do you think they're kind pregnant of like, with? If, any, if anyone's had a, if anyone's lived with a pregnant person before, you'll know that that's not too far <laughs> off. Um, about the baby, not them. They're they're <laughs> lovely. Uh, My sister just had a baby. It's very exciting. I'm an uncle now. Did I tell you about that, Trev? Oh, you got you have real proud uncle vibes. Yeah, Josh. Well, that's what I am for. I get to also meet my niece in a few weeks uh, for Thanksgiving. Very excited. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, congratulations, and, and we'll introduce you first. Uh, this is Josh Borman. Uh, you've been on the show a couple times, or at least once. I think once, yeah. I came um, on, we talked about Civ. This was like a while mm-hmm. ago. I don't think I've heard that. Yeah, one. this was in the period of time know. where I would talk to people about like 4X and strategy games enough that people, and I, I still like talking about them when it comes up, but they had a moment, and I was talking with people about them so much that... Uh, like all of a sudden people thought I was good at those games. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> so, like I think I think on the first twenty four hour stream I had, Brace Belden came on and played Hearts of Iron Four with me. And it was the most sort of like inept and like uh, uh, manic, weird experience I think anyone that has been on Twitch ever. It's just like, you know, an hour of people ranting about you know, what's really going on um, yeah. while like we're like moving things around and being like, how do you play a strategy game? Um but yeah, so no, that was fun, and 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 you're also the person who has set up most of my live shows, um, except that one brief live show that I had in my basement. Uh, just my two kids. Uh, I recorded a brief episode on the politics of I'm the videos they were watching on YouTube for that one. You know, that you was, know, real uh, small turnout on that one. Actually, yeah, that was yeah. rough. I, I think I think my basement isn't ready for prime time. But uh, Josh has set up the rest of my shows. Uh, a caveat at all, and end is a is a. A, a, a valued friend. Uh, so always nice to have you on the show. But today we have two more people on the show. I feel like you guys should introduce yourselves because I am. Uh, I can introduce Josh because Josh has been here before. Yeah. But you guys should probably have the 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 the, the honor yourselves. Yeah, Brian, you want to go? Sure. First? Yeah, I'm I'm Brian Alford. I I guess uh, I edit the podcast and uh, co-host, of course. Uh, and I made a single YouTube video last year, and I can't stop talking about that, of course. Um, cool. And How'd it do? <laughs> did it do uh, numbers? No, not really. It, but it did if, not if, do numbers. For us, it did numbers. Oh, yeah, boy, for yeah. us, it sure did. <laughs> this, this was back Here's when we were still trying to make the YouTube thing work, which does not work long distance when I'm in New Mexico and no one else is. Um, 
but it's literally just you. They've actually emptied out New Mexico. Yeah, yeah, no, it's just it's me and a bunch of petrified wood. Uh, <laughs> really living the dream. Yeah, it's, it's no way to run a state, but it, I'm gonna keep doing it this way. <laughs> I am um, Ryan Alfred, King of New Mexico. <laughs> I like I, I like that you are enthusiastic about the podcast because um, I find that so I have a theory about podcasts that I've never really shared. But since like you know as soon as you get four people into a room to podcast, it just becomes a vibe mm-hmm. as opposed to an episode. So now's the time to to unleash my my theories. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a theory that most podcasts end at episode four, um, and the reason most podcasts end at episode four is because there's one person on the podcast who does both the is, is both a, ho, a co-host and the producer. And at some point they get mad at the other two <laughs> or three or whoever because they are doing as much work as as they are, right? Like you sort of look at it and you're like, "Well, you get to bump in and and speak and then yeah. then I have to do the work." Um and I I was just both of those people. Uh my self-loathing uh kept this train rolling until I could hire a producer. <laughs> that, but, uh, I think that's really what it is is if you're self-loathing overpowers your loathing of other people mm. that you work with um you can keep going well, and Brian, there's Brian, how, never how, any point where my hatred of anyone else will ever ever steamroll my self-loathing well how, how long Wonderful. is it going to be though before you snap and kill uh aj and i like oh, it, i probably it, wouldn't kill aj and you i'd probably uh no i'm not going to complete this no just me. because it was <laughs> just me don't give him tips <laughs> i can't wait till this comes up I in mean, my murder have, trial You'd have to drive all the way across the country. I, I feel like your rage would quell. Like mm. that's the there's that story about the astronaut who drove like the whole way to, oh, to yeah, kill her. Yeah, cheat her, her. I forget if it was a cheating girlfriend or boyfriend. I it can't remember. Some but, sort uh, of. I don't even know if they were cheating or it was if it was just like yeah, they had been divorced for a while, and then she was like, "I'm going to do this," and then she diped up and shat herself across the country. What? Yeah, that's didn't right. Did they make a Kristen Stewart movie about that? Wasn't. <laughs> I think she was in that. Yeah, yeah. That, they was at least the, made that was the third Twilight it. movie. That's what that was based on. <laughs> um, that was, but no, that was like that was. I mean, that's like there's some there's some real heavy commitment there, and I think the real lure of that story outside of the diaper is that the <laughs> the diaper uh, is the primary is the lure of the story. To be clear, <laughs> I mean, look, it's just like it's like how the DC sniper when that was all oh, happening, man. the real kill, the real kicker was like, oh, are they a father and son? That's like. I've seen this movie. Yeah. Like this is like this is you know this is a this is a coming of age. Story. In many ways, um, the podcast is my diaper because what else would I be doing? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and you're filling it with ideas. You know, a year and a half into <laughs> being is, a completely unemployed, uh, immersive theater actor, and that industry is just like not going to come back except for like the most psychotic freaks. So I I, I had to dipe up somehow. But hey, we got it, look, yeah. we got content, right? Yeah. That's what matters. At the end of the day, we're generating high quality content. <laughs> yeah. And when life hands Josh, you a diaper, you keep saying that shit. Brian will snap. <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 like that's basically you are. Um, do not poke the producer. <laughs> uh, in, in, in in my understanding. <laughs> Uh, well, thank you for thank yeah. you, Brian. Thank you for putting up with me there. Uh, and AJ, uh, you're you're next. Yeah, a- a- Mr. AJ. Hi, Diddy. Uh, I'm AJ, and I also made a video for our YouTube channel that did significantly worse than Brian's. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> this was one in the lead up to it. Josh and I thought like this is going to be the thing that makes the channel take off. This is like the most commercially like appealing 
thing. It's not just about like, yeah, it's not just about an old Japanese horror movie and a Friedrich Durenmott short story, nor is it about like a single event that happened in January of like 2018. It was uh, a video about Quest 64 and why it failed. And also it failed because it was bad. I didn't watch the video. Yeah, yeah. And dealing with with death and the whole concept Mm. of death and how it relates to the death of the the grandmother that AJ had a bad relationship with who gave him that game, which didn't help the relationship at all. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think it's yeah. I think it's really charming, and I I, I I do find your podcast charming in, in a very real way. That is not me being condescending. I find it charming, oh, and I think you. one of the reasons I find it charming is because your instinct in thinking about commercial viability is like maybe maybe only matched by my own bad instincts and this is why we vibe this is why we vibe yeah right yeah no it's you're you're like the 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 impulse there to say like oh no one wants to listen to no one wants to watch a youtube about like obscure japanese movies and short stories or and definitely they don't want hyper specific history. What they want is a loving tribute to an N sixty four flunker <laughs> that is tied to the concept of mourning. <laughs> yeah, no, you're you right. I, I even hearing you describe it back to me, I'd still watch the shit out of that video essay. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, I, no, I mean, we really are you, following like our passion. You're, you're, that's the thing. All of, you're building an audience. It's a shame of like the, the internet most, did like, not follow that passion. Yeah. Uh, I, I I stand by all of the stuff that we've created so far. I think that yep. Brian's video was really good. I think that AJ's video was really good, and I think that the video, the first one that I did, was good too. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. just a matter of finding an audience, and you know that's that's mm. the challenge of any like fucking media brand or whatever the hell. Have you considered uh, releasing videos that are like? 15 things you missed yeah. about... Have you ever considered um, sucking my dick? <laughs> wow. Yeah, I mean, that's that's why podcasts... 15 things I've thought about. When podcasts kind of turned out to be a nice way to keep making things uh, yeah. w- without as many constraints. Because a video, we want it to be polished. We want it to be good. And podcasts don't have to be good. People just listen to them no matter how bad they are. <laughs> listen, uh, I'm here to tell you they do not need to be good. Um, I've been riding that train for a long time. Great train, um, baby. Let's go. But uh, AJ, I, I, I totally cut off your introduction, and then we'll then we'll get oh, to the yeah, no. the point of this episode. Yeah, no, I um, I'm also a playwright and an actor, and the theater industry. I think, as Brian has alluded to before, not just the immersive theater industry, but all of the theater industry pretty much imploded uh, in 2020, and we were all looking what for some then? sort of creative outlet. Uh, oh, nothing. It was, you know, uh, th- there was uh, uh, some sort of uh, calamity happened outside my house, and I played a lot of <laughs> Animal Crossing and made a <laughs> nightmarish horror story about it on my Instagram. Uh, but AJ you know, we were... is probably the only person to design a narrative for Instagram and do so in a like over the course of what like 16 months at this point yeah a long uh, running I, I, series about like uh, the island of dr moreau but presented through animal crossing new horizons hmm. yeah you're like uh, uh you're like the the zoomer um marble hornets <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm a I'm a millennial uh, by by far and away. Uh, oh, I, I, I wish Marble I could Hornets for Zoomers. 
Oh, yeah. I see. Yes, good. Maybe I don't yeah. know. Do Zoomers use Instagram anymore? That's that's sort of my question. I no. thought everyone had yeah. sort of migrated to TikTok. <laughs> no, they use they uh, use Instagram. They use Instagram. They use Snap. What they don't use is Facebook. They're all on Weibo. You know, I from know what I understand. The Zoomers are all using Weibo. Yeah, and uh, they're all on yeah. Peach. Peach is back, and the Zoomers are using it. Oh, thank God. What is Peach? I don't even know. Remember, I don't know either. Is that like Friendster? Uh, it was like a flash. It was a flash in the pan Twitter. Uh, Twitter uh, killer. There was also that on one Mastodon app where you just now. Click that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> We're all just hanging out on Mastodon. Remember the Hey app? We're hanging out on Donald the Trump's Mastodon would say hey. Oh, no, the Yo. It was the Yo app. Yo. Oh, yeah, Yo. Yo. You yoed at people. That was the But, yeah. like, you didn't do anything all, else, right? You that just, was the only you thing you yoed. could do was yeah. send a Yo, yeah. We all messed That's what up NFTs are. Yo. NFTs aren't not the Yo app. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Um, I think we yeah, might get no, in trouble so describing I, what NFTs are. Uh, well, I thought no, no, well, okay, I was okay, the please, impression please, that I'm... this podcast episode was exclusively an NFT. I thought it was only being released yeah, it'll, NFT. It'll be sold for... We're going to put a lot of really stuff in the middle and then sell it to Elijah Wood. Um, mm -hmm. he, uh, he I'm selling it to Martin Shkreli to sell to Elijah Wood. That's there we go. I think we've hit all the big ones. All right. That's it. Yeah, this is everyone's everyone's bingo card is full. <laughs> we can um, go home now. It's all done. That's it. We're done. <laughs> we have just so, AJ, revealed did you, did everyone to... as much of the story of Final Fantasy 15 as they would experience if they played the full game. That's true. Ah, They'll yes. have to pay for the other episodes uh, where we actually talk about the main <laughs> plot of Final Fantasy 15. <laughs> They're on your Patreon feed, which in a lot of ways feels a little strange, but um <laughs> It is an anime, though, so it, that's uh, fun. It's an anime podcast. Okay, that's true. Yeah. Um, so the um, did you just are you not in the theater anymore? Or are you sort of just like pivoting entirely oh, to no, podcasts? Actually, or funnily enough, of... my, my play is going up uh, next year in New York. Uh, All right. It was just staged up in New Hampshire. We did a production in Derry, New Hampshire, and then in uh, Boston uh, for go. two weekends. And then we're transferring that to New York uh, sometime next year. Uh, uh, as the uh, as the son of a of an actor like a, who someone who has somehow made a living out of being a full time actor for his life, oh, um, oh, wow. I support anyone doing that. It's yeah, cool. It it's a uh, I mean it, it is a terrifying profession, but it is a <laughs> it is a very rewarding one. Thankless is the word I would give to it, but yeah, it's it's very yes, nice yes, once correct. you actually like once you can see something you've done out there. It's really cool. Is your dad still out there acting, Trevor? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, here and there, I think, like, cool. less since COVID, and uh, he's been dealing yeah. with some mm -hmm. other stuff. Not not his own health problems, but, like, family stuff. Um, yeah. Mm. Uh, he's oh. quite healthy, actually. Uh, probably healthier than me, but uh, um, not <laughs> I remember I met him. I met him. Uh, uh, he came out to the one of the live shows. Uh, like yeah, yeah. I think he was, he was at one ago. or two of the live shows. Um, yeah. Yeah, he still acts uh, when he can. I, I think, like, he was running – he was – he runs a regional theater – out of um, out of Milford, New Jersey, um, huh. which is great because oh, cool. there's not a lot of regional theaters around there. Um, but that like that was much bigger at a certain point, and now it's like a lot of seasonal stuff. Um, it's really good; like they do great stuff. Uh -huh. It's funny because like they'll you know they'll just put on like a uh, a union level uh, performance of of um, like the Christmas Carol, like brilliant acting mm -hmm. for you know like in a town, which is very funny. Um, 
But yeah. Uh, no, they, yeah, they do that still. Um, I'm sure once once they can, they'll they'll do more. Um, I know he did a lot of he ended up doing a lot of uh, simulation work and consulting too. But you know, anything oh, to no keep the, anything to keep the uh, the bills in. Now he does. He actually, funny enough, does a podcast too, called uh, huh. the Liars <laughs> the Liars Club Oddcast uh, with some some writing friends of his. So uh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's awesome. good. Awesome. Uh, Trevor's dad go yeah. on worst of all possible worlds. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you want, if you want someone to talk about something that is like, I bet he would talk to you about, I mean, there's so many things I'll, I'll, I'll get in touch. Um, uh, what does he think about Kenneth Branagh's Hamlet? Oh boy. <laughs> oh, we've this, already I, talked I like about Kenneth Branagh's Hamlet. Podcast. I'm such a, talk, I, did you listen to the podcast episode where we talked about, um, uh, Ethan Hawke's Hamlet? I missed that one. I missed okay. the one about Hamlet. I, we, so we, we will, avoid for most of it. Talk, we, we avoid most of it for talking about Bran as Hamlet because if we ever do an episode on Bran as Hamlet, it will be so many hours of us just being very mad at everything, every <laughs> single part of it. I'm an I'm a, a, I'm funny because like I'm I'm funny with uh, Bran as Hamlet because uh, I'm like I'm like absolutely. Uh, you know, like I didn't, co- I don't come into it from a, from a, a thespian's perspective. Um, mm-hmm. You know, my sister was much more the theater, like apple falling from that tree. She got like a theater mm-hmm. anthropology degree um, oh, wow. and now she's a theater anthropologist. So no, no, she, awesome. <laughs> she works in an office. Um, oh. no, she works in an office. She's very happy though. Uh, but um, she was a good actor and it is a good actor, I'm sure. But the, um, uh, I was fair. Uh, so I never really focused that way, but I, um, I like, I like Branagh's Hamlet because it has all the speeches in it. So I can sort of teach it if I need to, I could oh, be I like, see. yeah, mm-hmm. don't worry. We got the folio version here. We got Q1, <laughs> we got Q2, we got the folio, we got every speech, everything's yeah. in here. And I just, I like that he was just like, you know what? I'm not making any choices. They're all in. <laughs> um, I would argue that he makes a lot of choices and all of them wrong. Uh, <laughs> Well, I, I do I mean, like that this too. thesis it, it, about a choiceless Hamlet, though. I, yeah, I, really, I do too. I want to run uh, with that. <laughs> because speaking of Hamlets with unlimited choices, Final oh, Fantasy boy. 15. Yeah, okay, so the episode today is about Final Fantasy 15 and Final Fantasies in general, but 15 in specific because, Brian and AJ, this is the one you've spent the most time with. Yeah, um, so much of my life. Perhaps unadvisedly, there are other Final Fantasies out there. There are. Um, there are. This was my first so well, oh. it's a final yeah, this fantasy is a weird one to start with. First timers, that's what, I was, was about newcomers to say the exact whatever. same thing. Yeah. Newcomers and long timers are. You it's it, up, it says it, and you can't skip it. You have it's to stare at that every time every you play that, that game up. It's like, hey, hey, new it's, newcomer, hey, old timer. This game is for both of you. <laughs> <laughs> now, I will say, I I've played this game a while back. Um, under under the request of uh, of Mr. Ed Zitron, who mm. you may know from Twitter, mm-hmm. um, nice nice gentleman, we we all like him here. Um, uh, this and Horizon Zero Dawn. Mm. I haven't actually gotten to Horizon Zero Dawn yet. I'm I'm behind on that. But um, I've played Final Fantasy 15, and and like I will admit, I did not play let's say all of it, uh, but mm. a lot of it. Um, and like the the thing about Final Fantasy 15, I think it's funny if it is your first Final Fantasy game is it it really tries to be different in almost a way that like 
you could see some sort of like Final Fantasy um, spinoff being mm-hmm. like like Final Fantasy adventures mm-hmm. or tactics. Like yeah. oh, adventures were like having a little more fun. Like it's a little kind of jokey. Like it's you know it's it's kind of cuter. We have like super deformed characters yeah. or whatever, right? Like, and then you go like oh, like tactics. That's a that's going to be sort of like high state stuff. Like you know because it's it's strategy battles. And this you could be like oh, it's like or like X X two and X three uh, or X two particularly is like oh like. The babes from X are now like Charlie's Angels, and it's like they're having fun together, and it's like a, an empowerment game. Yep. And it's like, oh, cool. Uh, none of these are really Final Fantasy, but they kind of have those bones, and I like it. Like, this is basically like Final Fantasy, like, um, Lowrider or something like that. <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's like. It's just like Final Fantasy if you were just hanging out with your dudes. Yeah, yep. it, it's, um, it's the most it's the dudes game. rock JRPG of any kind, I think. It's it's an extremely dudes rock kind of game. Um, yeah, it's 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 funny because any of the other dudes rock JRPGs I've ever played, like um, the Shin Megami Tensei games, have extreme yeah. dudes yeah. rock energy. Absolutely. Um, but those are all just about the world ending yeah. and you being a part of it. I played um, uh, I played Shin Megami Tensei four, the the 3DS game, and that is a an aggressively dudes rock game. <laughs> um, the, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. No. Even even your friend who's like not a dude in that game, yeah, is, is, uh, is has dude extraordinary and is dudes yeah. rock. Yeah. And, and 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 you've got like the, I mean, obviously this is not a, a podcast to talk about Shin Megami Tensei four, but it could uh, be. it could be something. <laughs> Watch I mean, out! Well, actually, we'll have to spin I've, this I've off. Only, I've only played Devil Survivor, that so that's podcast. it. Sure, um, I think it's relevant. This both both Shin Megami Tensei and Persona. Um, it's relevant insofar as like obviously these are what are typically seen as exemplars of the JRPG, right? In yeah. in, in in different ways, and that's kind mm-hmm. of the genre that I think that Final Fantasy fifteen tried to get away from in a few ways, and I think largely failed due to uh, yeah. the weight of the franchise itself. Uh, as well as just sort of, I, I guess, all the historical baggage that's associated with this type of game. Well, and I think it's it, it, it was buried under the stuff that that was part of this specific game's development because they yeah, worked right. on it for a decade. There were and, so many chefs in this kitchen, and yeah. all of them were screaming at once, I've come up with a new <laughs> recipe. <laughs> yeah, so... Well, yeah, I mean, like, you look at Square Square from, like, 11 on. I mean, we're lucky we got 12, which is a good game. Um, like, 11 on is just, like, it's... it's 11 was its own thing, yeah. and, and actually a success in many ways. But 13, like, 13 and then into the... It's just so a million times Square is like, well, I guess we have to ditch this game, like, you know... Final Fantasy Omega yeah, or yeah. whatever we're calling it, and like <laughs> kick that kept can down making the road. Now it's Final Fantasy thirteen. That was the weird thing. They made a thirteen yeah, two and a thirteen three, right? It was like lightning well, returns yes. or something. Lightning returns. Whatever. Yeah, but like my my experience with with Final Fantasy, it is like the big pillar or whatever. But I grew up playing uh, Nintendo consoles, and um, <laughs> such a funny thing to hear, like from like someone who's probably older than you, which is like that you were playing Nintendo consoles when Final Fantasy for up until yeah. seven was <laughs> right. the Nintendo. But we also RPG. didn't, we also <laughs> didn't have the home consoles until like GameCube. Uh, so we had like a Game Boy. So like I played spinoffs like Sword of Mana, um, Chrono Trigger when that came on the DS, um, Final Fantasy Tactics Advance, which was a, a wonderful game. 
Chrono Trigger, interestingly, and I'm yeah. just saying this because I got yelled at for not knowing enough about Assassin's Creed when I went on Chapo. <laughs> <laughs> interestingly enough, not a not a Final Fantasy spin-off. Well, uh, yeah, I guess it's not really a spin-off, but it also, like, it is a spin-off. I mean, come on. It's, wh- what else are we going to do? It's nothing to do with the oh, universe. Boy. They're two entirely different universes. But yeah, but they're all they're turn-based they're all RPGs. In different universes. If that's what you're looking it's, for, it, it's it's made by no, but they're not though. Did it uses that? the yeah. same battle system. It's not. It uses the little like in... the little like speed meter no. thing well, that was not pioneered by fan, Final <laughs> Fantasy and used by nobody else. I um, I'm I'm amazed. I'm I'm really impressed by your your bold thesis <laughs> that all JRPGs are like. No. it's like it's like the, no. It's it's like the uh, well all JRPGs before 1999 are all like part that. of the That's same series. That's not what I'm saying. Like, I'm saying Chrono Trigger all, all ones specifically, before and also the Xbox exclusive Lost Odyssey. That one is yeah. also set uh, in the same. Am, am I, is, I thought the, that Chrono Trigger was was sort of this like product of some of the best developers uh, working on both Dragon Quest and the Final Fantasy games coming together it's definitely kind of a superstar yeah. project but like you're looking i mean so i think when, that's a spin when... in my head that's a spin-off and i'm never <laughs> i'm it's never a, going it, to a, listen to anyone else's super opinion. group it's a super group essentially right yeah. like okay electronic I just, I just finished watching the charming uh the charming uh, uh hulu exclusive <laughs> only murders in the building and now i'm saying that that is a spin-off of the hit hit comedy electronic <laughs> is this a is, spin-off uh, of the I band to disagree with order you, yeah. <laughs> I think I think it's cool how how um how uh Nicholas Winding Refn did um did more with uh the guy from Drive uh in in Only yeah. God Forgives. I yeah. think it's neat that he made him like mm-hmm. a a dove. It's a parallel boxer. universe spinoff. Uh, I don't I don't see any trouble. Yeah. I I, this this all it's makes an sense. Isekai. It's an isekai. Well, every game um, is a alternate a parallel reality spinoff of every other game. If you right? think about it, multiverse. Like, damn sure. dude. Yeah. What about what Whoa. about the fucking fellas, fellas? Is it a spinoff to play with a controller? Every you're doing every the game is actually just a spinoff of Death Stranding. <laughs> yes, yeah, stra- everything well, so- is a strand type game at its core. <laughs> I was going to mention Death Stranding with this because I think what's funny about this game is, had it come out when Thirteen was supposed to come out, I think it would have made kind of an interesting splash yeah. and more interesting than Thirteen, which everyone hated. Um, People didn't like thirteen. It wasn't. A, it wasn't a super successful game because it was um, corridors up until like the final like ten hours or so, and then it opened up. Yeah. but it was just like corridor after corridor after corridor. That, that's the main critique mm-hmm. I remember hearing about. 13. Yeah, everyone's saying apparently you just lightning. Down a apparently thirteen two and three are like pretty fun, uh, and I think probably that's because they realized like, oh, we should have done that open world thing that everyone likes. <laughs> but you know uh, what? They prior to back the last into fifteen was corridors for a two and a half hour segment where you as Noctis are just like wandering around a facility, occasionally getting jump scared. Like where's Prompto? Where is Prompto? Oh, he's in, he's in the snow. I think at that point, right? He's in the snow okay. on his, on his little uh, well, no, snowmobile that, upgrading his snowmobile. Once you get to that facility, I think that's when he's been captured and they're torturing him like Han Solo somewhere. Yeah, um, but that's and, not and in the, the DLC. And the Prompto DLC, the DLC is like, you're in the snow, you're hanging out. Also, this happened, and we're still not going to explain it. He's just, he's there now. <laughs> yeah. I, I have to ask, I don't remember this part of the game. Do you have to slam on the A button, uh, Metal Gear Solid style, to try and free Prompto from uh, being tortured? Like when Solid no, Snake is the, the, the quick like time action? whoever was there is just gone, and you just walk up and let him free. Yeah, it's super easy. Oh, after, cool. after wandering around that <laughs> corridor for so long, you just walk in. It's like, oh, I guess we did it. And then you're out of the facility. <laughs> like, there's no boss. It's just like, oh, cool, we escaped somehow. <laughs> but, like, I think, if, I think if Final Fantasy 13 was this game, 
there would have been something kind of interesting about it because like it is so different than 12. It was different than stuff that was yeah. coming out when 13 came out. Um, but when it came out, like I, I, I'm pretty sure Death Stranding came out after it. I'm almost yeah, positive. So. In fact, I am 100% yeah. positive now that I'm thinking yeah. about it. But they're close enough together that like people playing 15 and thinking like, oh, cool, like a game where I roam around with my friends. Uh, you look at Death Stranding, you're like, oh, actually, this is a game about roaming places. Like this is, you know, for better or worse, all my, you know, love-hate elements of Death Stranding. Yeah. Um, I, I think the gameplay is fantastic. That's yeah. a big love. And mm -hmm. part of that is like, it's just chilling. Like you, you don't have to do anything. You can go anywhere you want. Like there's no timelines yeah. or anything. Just go, go do your and stuff. Every once in a while, like and, goes um, with an acoustic guitar just pops it and goes. <laughs> yeah, and that's and then sometimes your controller cries. It screams at you. <laughs> don't you want to play a game where your controller screams at you? It turns out that yes, yeah. I do. I yeah. want more of that. Me too. We all knew that when we were playing with our DSs back, or not DSs, our Dreamcast exactly. back in the day. One of those little controllers could come out. We could make them like little arcades. I think that, and, and uh, I think that um, to the point of yeah, like wanting a, a new experience or whatever. That that's something that's interesting to me too about this because that. That's the idea, again, that they so desperately wanted to go for, is this is new. And we joked about it earlier, but the right. uh, it's a Final Fantasy for newcomers and old-timers. What, yeah. what, what is the exact language? Because it's so funny. I, I for need Final to... Fantasy fans and first-timers. Final Fantasy go. fans and first-timers. That's very square. It's so square. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's so squeenix uh, yeah. to me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, but, uh, yeah, so, so this game started out as like an antithesis. They were going to make Final Fantasy thirteen. And then they were going to make Final Fantasy versus 13. And they were going to, there, there was going to be something about them that, I don't know, complements each other or whatever. Well, they were supposed to be a boy band at one point. Oh. Is, is that true? They were supposed I to be like, I don't, I don't like, I, I know that like, oh, singing songs. when you look at the original me, yeah. teaser for versus 13, there's a lot more in there that's represented in the final game than you would think. It has the mm. whole warping sword thing. Uh, it has a it quote seems from like Hamlet. a lot of it the, broad, the broad, the broad stories are still there. Um, whatever those broad story beats are, because I still don't know. I've spent so many times, so much time reading these like wikis and playing the game and playing the DLCs, and I have no idea what happens in this game. Like, not I think a clue. what's like what's weird about this. <laughs> well, no, what, yeah. what's weird about this game? So, like, I was recently reintroduced to this game before this podcast. Uh, because Final Fantasy XIV, which I am um, hopelessly in the tank for, had a rerun of the um, of the event that happened when Final Fantasy XV came yeah. out, and the the basic idea is uh, some nefarious uh, person sends Noctis into the world of Final Fantasy XIV, um, and you you in in the world Final Fantasy yeah, Final Fantasy XIV, which is a much more sort of like fairly traditional fantasy world with technical technological elements. There's no cars and stuff no flying cell around, phones. but sometimes you'll get like, there's like, you know, yeah, right. There's no cell phones <laughs> you know, you'll get, you'll get, um, you'll get, what are they uh, like? Uh, yeah. Like the mecha that are in all these games where like, you know, the, they're, I, I should be remembering this. I'm going to kick myself later. Um, but you know, like basically it's the same thing. Like there's some robots that are bad, um, mm -hmm. but there's a lot of like open country too. the, like Noctis drops in here and you have to help him out because his car breaks down and like you have to help him get home. And if you play the whole thing, you get to get the car as a mount eventually, which, um, listen, I mean, not only can you get the car as a mount, not only can it fly, oh, yeah, you get the flying car, but cool. you can, 
yeah, you can, you invite all your friends in the car and they can drive in there too. So, I mean, look, I was there for that. I wanted to do it. Um, and it was so strange seeing Noctis there because I could believe there was sort of like a down and out sort of like dirtbag teen, like, you know, Yu Yu Hakusho without any of the supernatural <laughs> stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, like just driving around in like uh, a beat up car or a nice car that is like sort of past its prime. And like, then he's like, yeah, I'm the king and I need to see my love who is uh, trapped for 10,000 years. And like, I was like, wait, wait, no, you can't, you can't do both. You can't, you can't, you, you can't do the thing where like, he's like a jaded teen, but also he's the king of a certain land and he needs to like find his love. Yeah. And like, you know, one of the characters in there is like, I hope you get to find your love. It's so romantic. And like, yeah, that makes sense in Final Fantasy fourteen, but like, why am I saying it's like this tough? What's going? Yeah, on? it's 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 a huge failure, I think, on the part of the characterization of Noctis, in that they thought that he was Hamlet, uh, and that it's made clear in sort of the first teaser trailer that uh, they open it with a quote from Hamlet. You know, your father is killed at the hands of your great 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 uncle. Uh, you know, there is. Uh, it basically follows the same story beats. The love of your life uh, is killed by drowning, uh, you know, so, oh, no. so on and so forth. Like it, it they really tried to like, flowers well, I at her at first. Her. I'm pretty sure he stabs her. And then, and then he threw her into the water. Right. I think the water killed her. I don't know. Like it's tenuous, right? Like it feels like the connections to Hamlet <laughs> at this point are much more tenuous the water than when they started. You. But the failure of the game is that actually this should have been uh, uh Henry four adaptation. This should have been mm -hmm. Prince right, Hal right. traveling the world with his, uh, with literally with his three fall staffs. Yeah, you know, just trying to figure out what makes a good king. Because this game has such a hard yeah. on for the monarchy anyway. Why not do the Shakespeare play that has the biggest hard on for the monarchy of all of them? You know. But it's like it, they, they've already done that in Final Fantasy Tactics in a certain way, right? Like this oh, game really? does fall into the like. I mean, Final Fantasy Tactics isn't lighthearted, but Rams is basically like, oh. I don't know how to be a good leader and like all his friends are around him. They're like, don't worry, buddy. You're the best. I guess that's more Henry five. Yeah. Uh, but it, you know, it's, it's this, it's this sense of like, everything's been done in final fantasy, which sometimes works yeah. like in final fantasy 14, the, the, the element of that is like, they just constantly bring in elements from the other games. And they're like, remember this thing that you liked? Like, well, let's do another spin on it. And everyone cheers. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's like a good version of the metaverse. Um, or like, you know, even in like some of the, the classic ones, like Final Fantasy VII Remake, when they're just like, oh, like we had so many ideas. Like, what if we kind of made them cooler and more fleshed out? And everyone's like, all right, sounds well, good. It, like, that's an interesting point, too, about Seven Remake, right? Because one of the things that to me is one of the reasons that I just uh, full, full disclosure, too, like when we were talking, Trevor, about like what could we come on your show to talk about? Part of the reason Final Fantasy XV and, you know, Final Fantasy in general jumped into my head is that I know that both Brian and AJ have pretty strong opinions about it. Um, and I also have an opinion about Final Fantasy, which is I fucking hate it. Like, I've tried to get into it as a franchise numerous times. But you're, tre you're treating it as a franchise. Well, That's yeah. the problem. It is a... It is a loose thread of, course, of ideas. But I think it's, like the individual games, just speaking from the experience of like the main games that I've played, because I've liked the spin-offs, like Chrono Trigger, which is a spin-off. Um, <laughs> the main games, I, I've We're played going to get four. Such letters. I, I, I played a lot of three. I even played a little bit of seven until after you get out of the city, and I thought that that whole section was fantastic. But it uh, it completely loses me every well, single so time. Th but that's where that's where I'm going. Unlike with this, other right? JRPGs, that they they need an editor. 
and they can never find a fucking editor. I don't know why it is, and I think some of it comes back to the fact that there are so many creatives who have so many ideas, and they throw it at the wall to see what sticks, but it just never works. Well, I also think that there's a, there's sort of a fundamental, like, split in, like, storytelling from, you know, Western to Eastern, like, you know, cultures. There is, like, there is value to repetition in mm. Japanese storytelling that is not necessarily <laughs> what we... Uh, in an American mindset, would view as good storytelling. Yeah, but like, yeah, I think compared my, to really... other JRPGs, though, there is right. something about what Final Fantasy does that is that is like particularly turgid. Yeah, I was going to say yeah, my that issue doesn't reflect in expand in on the, turgid, Brian. That doesn't reflect <laughs> never. No, my not. issue is not doesn't reflect do in some of their spinoffs, and it doesn't so. reflect in. Uh, the Tales games, for instance, which I think are generally pretty oh. delightful. <laughs> You realize um, the Tales games are not Final Fantasy spinoffs. No, Tales no, no, that's, 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 that's not what I'm saying. Long. I'm saying because they're just okay. other JRPGs. <laughs> I was like, oh no, another another controversy. <laughs> no, 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 because they are a completely the other thing. wonderful thing. Um, or, or like Pokemon games, which have mostly gotten irritating at this point, but. Mm -hmm. um, but I, but, it's, but it's not been, the been, same as Final Fantasy. There is something about Final right. Fantasy that seems to be in all of the mainline games that I've played, at least. Where it's just like I don't I don't fucking care anymore. I just. <laughs> so I think like uh, like one of the things that I so I wrote a book. No one's heard about it yet. Um, I never talk about it. Um, but uh, so you guys wow. are the first. Uh, so I wrote I wrote this book. Um, don't 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 read it. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Read it. Everybody uh, buy but, uh, the book. Pre-order the book. It's available. Yeah, now. go buy, buy the, the book. book. Yeah, story mode available at all fine retailers. Um, if you order it now, you might get it before me. Wow. You never know. Some people are. <laughs> the supply chain's wild right now. Yeah, there's um, a paper shortage. But uh, hmm. well, it's not for my book. <laughs> it's, it's a paper shortage because <laughs> oh, I see. they used it all. Yeah. I mean, I did put 800 blank pages in the back uh, as a as a kind that of. That was statement. pretty fucked up of you to uh, do, but I'm proud of you for doing it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh no no so like my chapter on final fantasy was really interesting because like for me to write because like i mean i hope it's interesting to read too but to write it was really interesting because like i went into it thinking a lot of the stuff we were thinking now which is like how much does this actually cohere mm -hmm. as a as a series right like there's right. not repetition in terms of like you know we're not playing the same characters or whatever there's you know like there are jrpgs or or sort of like adventure games like the wise series uh ys east. uh east wise i never know how to east. say it um yeah is it ease? Ease. okay um wonderful ease. games i've played a few of them i just don't know how to say them but uh, <laughs> uh always about the same people yeah. pretty much like always like the, the the recurring adventures of these two people um the tales uh tales games in terms of uh tales of um uh like there's the tales of symphonia and yeah. tales of zestria and tales of of etc and then there's the uh tales of cold steel games uh, there's like more coherent elements in there as well as as you point out brian um but like one of the things I noticed about Final Fantasy when I started looking into it was like much like the Dragon Quest games, it really was trying to like mimic the experience you get playing Dungeons and Dragons. Mm -hmm. And like basically there's like two things that like are constantly at odds in Final Fantasy games that they're always trying to tweak to get mm -hmm. perfect, which is the one thing they would try to tweak to get perfect is they want to get it just enough that you're doing like that you feel like you're controlling the adventure and then just enough that you're getting a story mm -hmm. right like so you get to be noctis but like you also get to imbue noctis with some certain personality traits of, if you want or like you get to you get the yeah. idea but then there's also throughout the series 
there's this back and forth and balance between high fantasy and technology. Yeah. And that really starts to come about in a little bit in two, or I'm sorry, in four, but mostly in six, which was released in America's three. Right, right, right. And it's like the sine qua non for a lot of people of the series. Um, and that really marries it together because it's the point of the game. Mm-hmm. Like it's, you know, yeah. the whole the whole conflict of that game is a fantasy world essentially is getting crushed by a ravenous empire <laughs> that uses mecha and and like, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're trying to fight it. Um, and then from then on, this balance is like constantly handled in, you know, good and bad ways. Like I think... I found eight to be very frustrating as a game because there's this find an island section that I loathed. Um, I gave up after the first battle, if it's any consolation. The fact that... Okay, I got farther yeah. than you. I got to the third disc. That's, that's, that's pretty far. Uh, the fact that you had to steal yeah, magic yeah. from enemies was oh, so frustrating. Oh, it's so cool after a while. Um, there's a whole class in Final Fantasy XIV at this point where it's called the Blue Mage. I've never played it, but like the, the idea is you let people do attacks on you and then you learn the attacks over time so it's sort of like that it's a masochist class very strange yeah yeah it's 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 just the it's the dora hedoro class (laughs) um but uh yeah like the you know like i I think final fantasy 8 did a pretty decent job of like you know picking out picking a lane i think final fantasy 9 did but i think as they got to be bigger and like a lot of games like they didn't they were like too big to fail in a lot of ways square games were especially like these these you know, mainline games. Like I think you're looking at, you're looking at a franchise that wanted to make it, you know, always well, both. And, and, and right, like it has to be everything. And, and by so, like, the it's time not even a matter that of game like, has to come yeah. out too. They have all of these supplemental things that they're going to have to be selling you that they're already in production. Right. They have the prequel movie, correct, and then the prequel anime that are prequels to the prequel movie, and then there's the spin-off games. And the pocket games and the cell phone games and the Final Fantasy XIV event and all of these things have to it, like the main thing has to sell. Well, wow, kind of messed up for you to you to say the most important one last, yeah. but you know <laughs> right, what? Go right. off. That's fine. The, but these things, they, the 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 main product has to be big, and they have you know their tie-ins with like fashion brands, right? And whatever else is going on, and and so if that fails. Then there's five, six, seven, eight other things in this chain that are about to completely fall off, which I feel is probably part of what happened with yeah. Versus 13 and made it into a new game. Well, well, because it's interesting, too, because this this really is also what particularly big AAA titles have become. You know, they're not, yeah. they're not just games anymore. They are tent poles of a franchise that serve as an anchoring branding opportunity for other ways to monetize that IP further, right? And I mean that's that's that Correct. that is yes. not at all exclusive to, you know, big JRPGs either. That's happening yeah. that's happening oh, all yeah. over the place. I mean fucking <laughs> right. no. uh, Fortnite is probably the best example of, of of something like that. And you know, Trev obviously you've written about um how Fortnite really mm-hmm. is maybe the best representation of like spo- like a, a capitalist uh uh post-scarcity yeah, post-scarcity sort of yeah. moment yeah um i mean there's there's also like i think you could point to i don't know if you guys saw this but in uh i always i always rag on ubisoft and people get mad at me um <laughs> you're among i don't friends. know why i None thought, thought ragging on ubisoft was popular right i think i think you're in the oh, clear good. thank oh well, thank fucking, god uh, I, I, what's his I, name spies michael everywhere. and cell can eat shit fuck that guy but other than him 
Ray Ray I, I like, I like his counterpart, heart. Michael Valsell. Wasn't that his name? But my, the Beyond Good and Evil 2 guy? Wasn't yeah, he? when are we... Is that not happening? It's probably no, not happening. No, of course happening. it's not happening. It's, happening. it's never the, happening. He got kicked the fuck out, remember? They're going to make a new trailer every 16 years, and Joseph <laughs> Gordon-Levitt Gordon is going to be like, too. hey, submit the game art to us, because we're not actually making anything. <gasps> Uh, the pig is there. It's the pig. The photo <laughs> yeah. girl. Look I don't at the remember pig. Jade's name is now. Jade. How dare you? <laughs> I, it's been a long time. I, the game just holds like a, a magical place in my yeah, heart, and too. I can never return. Um, but remember the, when um, the trailer came out where they were all cussing for some reason? Yeah, no, it's just <laughs> yeah. The pig's name was Hardline Beyond Good and Evil. I, I, I'd almost forgotten his name. His name is Paige. Yeah, the pig. Paige. Good name, for, name a for a pig, book. actually. Honestly, it's that game has real. Um, this is this is going to get us off into a, <laughs> a, a garden path, but that game has real um, skies of Arcadia energy, oh, yeah. and I've never really been able to figure out why I think that. But those two games really exist in my yeah. mind together: Beyond Good and Evil and, and Skies of um, Arcadia. I, I wanted to, um, I wanted to finish my thread though from a little bit earlier about um, no. <laughs> Wow. Please, please. Boo. May I please? Okay, fine. No, um, just just <laughs> yeah. about like the way that, uh, you know, it is that tentpole franchise thing. I'm fast. One of the things that fascinated me the most and the reason that um, the whole idea of playing as Prompto is actually a running joke for all of us. <laughs> right. Um, is that if you go back and watch the announcement trailer that dropped for Final Fantasy 15 at, I don't know, fucking E3 or whatever, when, when it yeah. was like, okay, guys, like it's really happening. It's really coming something. out, that trailer. Yeah. Um, it, it ends, and then it comes back and it shows a character where you have no idea who the fuck this character is, and yeah. it's supposed to be like a, wow, look, it, it's and, her, and, and you don't know who this she like is. Demo, it's this demo where you're do, it's, it, they've announcing, they're announcing right. that there's a VR component to be right. tied into this. And so you're first person, you're shooting guns. Right. And then it's and, like, play as Prompto. And it's like... And you can hear the crowd, and then there's a couple people who are like cheering because they feel like they're supposed to. It's but it's mostly dead silent. Trevor, no one knows who Prompto is yet. The game's not come out, and nobody knows any of these characters because in Final Fantasy, the characters never stick around unless it's a sequel to a major installment. You get to fuck Ignis. Great. I've come up with a new recipe. Um. So, Trevor, if you can find that clip and just pull the audio from right after the text comes up that announces that you can play as Prompto, and, like, the two people in the audience that are like, yay. All right. Yeah. It's the best. <laughs> That's that's the yeah that's the lesson of it, yeah I think like but I think like that's the thing right where like so like the 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 thought I had with Ubisoft is the most recent Far Cry game is, you know I'm sure it's selling great um, they all do, um, but no one really cares right. about it yeah. which is like the worst thing a video game can can do, mm -hmm. um, just like Far Cry Five did and all the other things since Far Cry Two. What was what was Five's? Uh, the villain in Five was right? some like or is that. That's six. Mm -hmm. That's six, oh, yeah. I don't even know what number we're five on. Five was the cult? Is this. that was the cult leader? Yeah, yeah five yeah, was, yeah, the was, was the cult. And they were going to be alt-right, and then everyone got mad, and they were like, well, actually, they're just like... Right. They just love guns just a lot, dudes. and now they like they like smoking hash. <laughs> <laughs> it's like... All right. Well, now there's nothing to... There's <laughs> there's no tentpoles Which is really here. too bad, because uh, the idea of having to fight a domestic uh, ultra-right-wing uh, terror cell of, like, fucking sovereign citizens or whatever 
is yeah, a really interesting concept. Yeah. Yeah, you're not going to get it in a right. mainstream game, though. Yeah, the closest out. you're going to get is uh, Wolfenstein 2. Which fucking that's rules, still going to be way. German God Nazis damn, love, in America. I love Wolfenstein yeah. 2, though. <laughs> Under attack by commie Nazis. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, no, it's like the... the so, like, in, in 6, uh, Giancarlo Esposito's the villain, and and uh, apparently if you stop playing the game, which is the only correct <laughs> thing to do... Uh, Ubi- Ubisoft will send you emails in the guise of Giancarlo no. Esposito and say Nobody like, wants that. wow, thanks for making it so easy for me. I'll rule over my oh island my paradise like forever. Look. You only played for three hours. <laughs> Look, to pathetic. be fair, Nintendo does the same shit with Animal Crossing. Really? If you don't play for more than like two weeks or you're gone for a month, they'll send you an email saying your villagers are dying without you. You have to come back. <laughs> The plague has spread. No, but they're basically like, uh, they miss you. <laughs> that's they just want... your copy. That's just my copy. Right. <laughs> um, also, my computer starts bleeding. It's very strange. But uh, AJ's living in a creepy haunted Mario. Right now. Yes. And yeah, yeah. I can't believe you downloaded the haunted Mario. <laughs> uh, it is weird. Every so time I boot up, up my Animal you. Crossing, my character's name is Ben Drowned, and I can't yeah. <laughs> figure out why. That's uh, a deep cut. It's, it's, it's the new the archetype to enter into the sexual marketplace, haunted Mario. <laughs> <laughs> the left the left is too interested in creating haunted mario it's, it's, really, it, it, it's really the two when, when it comes to the left you can either be the fastest mario or the haunted mario that's that's really the two ends but both of them are equally communist when the worst of all possible yeah. worlds the podcast presents at e3 next year we're going to release a trailer <laughs> With text that says, play as Haunted Mario. <laughs> and you know what? The four of us will clap. Yeah, yeah that's right. That's right. I think a lot of people, no, but you, you see, at least you have a, at least you well, have an and IP. that's the thing, yeah. actually. I, right? It's not Haunted funny Prompto. about it, too, is, right, like, haunted if you said, Prompto. play, <laughs> if you said play as Haunted Mario, you would get applause. Because, again, it's like, that's Mario, but Haunted. Presumably that means something. Yeah. Play as Prompto. Again, <laughs> who the fuck is Prompto? It's I love it. I well, love it, it. it is like it is like that classic Simpsons moment where uh, where Gabo, the the ventriloquist dummy, oh, yeah. who competes with with mm-hmm. Krusty, comes out and the Gabo, mm-hmm. Gabo, Gabo, mm-hmm. and, and, uh, and someone I think it's like Barter. Someone asks like, who's what's all that about? <laughs> and Homer just goes, oh, probably some guy named Gabo. <laughs> <laughs> I don't or, know. Or, probably yeah. some guy named Prompto is pretty good. <laughs> one of the, <laughs> one of the I, things I'm that, that, that I'm always maybe. interested in, in with games, like I don't care about achievements at all, but I do like seeing the markers. Like if a game gives you an achievement for every chapter you complete, so you can see where people start dropping out of the yeah, game. Yeah, that's always interesting. That's fun. the completion yeah. rates, at least on PlayStation Four, for Final Fantasy Fifteen are not terrible compared I, I, to me, a lot of other games. It's up, like in yeah. the 30-something percent. And once... It's not a hated yeah, game. Once you I get mean, to that halfway not point at where the, the game gets worse, it's so linear and it's so driven and everything is is so short that people just keep playing through to the end, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they drop at, out uh, during the open world segment, which is actually kind of good. Let me look at Final Fantasy it's 15 funny. because I'm, I'm curious to yeah. see what the what the levels look like for the... 
Uh, not sorry, not not let me look at Final Fantasy 15. Let me Windows look at Final edition. Fantasy 15 Windows Edition because I'm curious to see. Oh yeah, what the uh, playthrough, uh, you know, fucking uh, completion rates look like on that. Well, it, you know, it's it's interesting because like you know we're we're sort of critiquing Final Fantasy 15, but like this wasn't just a success financially. This was also like in many ways a success like critically for Square Enix. Like people liked the game. Uh, there was a lot of talk about whether there would ever be a good mainline you know, single player Final Fantasy right, ever again. especially after 13. Yeah. Just like... Right, exactly. <laughs> but, but and, I mean, it's rating is not... I don't I don't ever know how to read... You know, like, if you look at, like, the Metacritic roundup, it's, like, 83%, whereas, like, Cyberpunk got, you know, a couple points higher than that and was seen as a disaster. Yeah, Metacritic doesn't you know? tell you much. Um, yeah. yeah. But most of the reviews are generally positive. But, you know, there is that weird thing where people are like, eh, I kind of didn't like this game. 80%. Uh, <laughs> well, especially with, like, big games like that. But, I yeah. mean, like, you know, it is it is funny looking ahead at 16 because 16 is not at all like 15. Like, mm -hmm. it doesn't have anything in common with 15. It looks like it's back to sort of, like, high fantasy in a yeah. lot of ways. They brought in the director of Final Fantasy 14, or at least the good parts of Final mm -hmm. Fantasy 14, like the Final Fantasy 14 2.0 and onward uh, to do it. Like, it feels like they're departing from 15 really yeah. fast, which is like... Well, it seems like something happened. Like, I mean, not just Tetsuya Nomura leaving a couple years before they ship the game, right? And then uh, Hajime Tabata comes in and, and he, he finishes it up after he was like a sort of co-director assistant director and after he had done some of the like mobile games and things like that mm -hmm. he comes in they kind of get the game wrapped up which i think is part of why the story is what it is is that they were just like tying it together to make the final thing uh mm -hmm. they get a yeah you know the first set of dlc out and then they're going to do a whole batch of four more and then before the first one goes tabata's gone he leaves. He like starts a new studio in March of 2018 within Square, and then he's gone by like August. And so then by 2019, they get Arden out because it was probably already in the works. And so they, you know, finish it up and it's actually really good. Mm. And the next three DLC uh, got put in a novel. And yeah. the novel and, came and out this year. But like they're just done. They're, they've, they've cut off Final Fantasy 15. They've cut off the people who made it. And they're they're just you know, plowing forward to the next thing and, and I guess plowing backwards a little bit too, to, to make more stuff for 14. Cause that seems like it's picked up even well, yeah. more in the last couple of years. Yeah. yeah. And, and well, yeah, there's another, there's another X pack the, coming out for it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, wild. And, and truthfully just reading what the other episodes were going to be, <clears throat> I'm fine that they didn't end up yeah. making them. They seem to like everything that I liked about Arden. Yeah. They were throwing out and we're just going back to what they did with Gladios and Prompto and the, the strengths of the DLC is that you actually started to get a real sense of what was going on. Not just in the large, mm -hmm. like, ooh, here's how the kingdoms actually relate to each other and the gods and whatever, but also right. you get a real sense of emotional stakes in individual scenes, which the game, the main game keeps Never trying achieves. to do, but can't ever land. Um, Except for maybe that one scene where Prompto and Noctis are sitting on top of an inn and yeah, Prompto's and like, talking about I, yeah, I, I feel like I've always just been I've always just been left out and I'm just I'm really sad mm -hmm. all the time. And Noctis is like, hey, I'm a king. I wouldn't love a loser. 
<laughs> and Prompto's like, I feel instantly better. And then it's never brought up again. Yeah. Until we so find wonderful. out that he's Sephiroth? Is that what the <laughs> DLC like posits? Is that Prompto is secretly Sephiroth? No, Wait, I what? think he's just like a normal person clone, like a like a Rossum's Universal Robots kind of situation. Yeah, not every clone is Sephiroth. Yeah. Some clones are yeah, clones. AJ, this, is, this is a common misperception. Um, do better. I'm sorry. Well, look, some are cloud, you know, and then some are just dudes in robes that have numbers. Some are Zach. Yeah. That's, yeah, I mean, Zach. I feel like uh, but, that's, but that's Arden not the worked biggest. best because Arden actually dropped the lore on you and you're like, oh, so that's what was happening the whole time. Yeah. And yeah, it you took, just go it into a room and you just read a bunch of things. It. You're like, great. And uh, but the way the next DLCs were going to go was they were going to change the entire story into some sort of alternate timeline thing, which seems completely at odds with thematically what they're trying to do in the main game, mm -hmm. which is just, you actually have no choice and you have no idea what's going on and everything that happens to you was someone else's decision a long time ago. Which, when when you start to get a sense of it, is actually pretty great. <laughs> it's just yeah, never, it, it just like a cutscene is going on and I would just be yelling at my TV just going, I don't know who you are! What, what's happening right now? What is this Play, current yeah, situation that we're in? <laughs> I think, like, you know, like, one of the things, so you say, like, you say going back to 14, um, and definitely numbers-wise, that's true. Uh, but, like, the, in terms of 15 versus 14. Yeah. But the, um, you know, like, the, the buzz around 14 has just gotten steadily bigger yeah. since A Realm Reborn. And, like, A Realm Reborn wasn't great. It's fine. It's the first one where... Um, uh, uh, Yamada, uh, Yosh they always call him Yoshi P. So I always get worried, uh, that that's not his real name. Uh, but anyway, uh, the, the current, the current director mm -hmm. comes on and, uh, um, yeah, Amano, uh, comes on and, um, basically says like, we got to scrap this. This is hmm. bad. Like we're, we're losing incredible amounts of money and this just game just sucks. And, um, Scraps, it comes up with a new thing. And then all the X-Packs after that, Heavensward, Stormblood, and now Shadowbringers have been like, you know, progressively people have really liked them a lot. Um, you know, the, they, you know, they, they basically get a chance to do exactly what I think you're really intelligently pointing out doesn't get done in 15 until it's like, okay, we're here. Like, what do we do with these DLCs? Yeah. Which is, it gets to pivot, mm. right? Like it gets to be like, yeah, we focus a lot on this thing. Yeah. I'd like to do this thing now. And so, like, okay, so, like, uh, A Realm Reborn focused a lot on these ideas of primals, which are, like, you know, uh, the, the the game's version of summons, uh, okay. effectively. I'm like, okay, um, don't really want to do anything with them and the Empire anymore. Uh, why don't we do something in, like, in the north with dragons? I'm like, all right, cool. I just did a lot with dragons. Don't want to do that anymore. Why don't we do, like, a thing in the yeah. desert? All right, cool. Like, uh, I'm kind of sick of this whole world. Well, why don't we just make it go to another <laughs> world? Great. For one expect, that's wonderful. And so, like, you know, the they were thinking, a lot of people were thinking that Endwalker, the the pack that's coming out at the end of this month, was going to be the last one, right? Like oh, the okay. last Final Fantasy fourteen uh, mm -hmm. expansion, which made me very sad. Uh, and, and, you know, got me back to my old, like, 12 year old ways of like looking up news being like oh. final fantasy 14 over news question mark. Um, <laughs> it really would have been a blessing. I could have played something else, but uh <laughs> podcast would have, <laughs> I'm stuck. Uh, but the, like, you know, the, the end Walker, they just said it's going to be the end of the story. And I think like, 
that's not just snow. Like, even though Amana's going on to do 16 as well, like, it's clear to me that the whole idea with 14 now is, okay, we'll get done with this main story, and then we can just, like, kind of do what we want. Any expansion can be whatever we want it to be. And in some ways, like, the version of Final Fantasy we're talking about now where, like, yeah, you can't fail um, on these big things. You have to take a huge swing, and it has to be a huge hit every time. Yeah. works better when you have a subscriber base that loves their characters, wants to stay in that world, wants to sort of be mm-hmm. attached to that world mm-hmm. and will play, you know, whatever I think that's it. that's interesting too, the whole the, to that point about like really building a world that people love because that was what Overwatch was supposed to be. Just moving this, this is a bit of a, a pivot here, but <laughs> yeah. it's 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 an interesting thing to me this idea of like building a participatory and it, Final Fantasy 14 is 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 an MMO. It is one of the, the MMO Final Fantasies, mm-hmm. or is it single yeah. player? Only? Yeah, like yeah, eleven. Yeah, uh, no, um, it's MMO. It's very much. It um, is MMO. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. The thing I think, like you said, the thing about subscriber base, the thing about online games, is that you can continue to monetize these characters, but it's really fucking hard because not only do you have to continue delivering content, you also have to be putting up with. Uh, fans who get really, really bitchy about everything all of the time. Overwatch is a little bit different because it is obviously a competitive first-person shooter as opposed to an RPG. But the idea there... Hey, was... there are first-person shooter elements to the Prompto episode. <laughs> well, but I think the biggest, weakness, the biggest weakness of Overwatch is that you can't play as Prompto. Exactly. Yes. If, if, um, pr- Prompto if at could... the next E3 they announced you could play as Prompto in <laughs> Overwatch, <laughs> flying off the shelves. It was a real mistake when they had that in the first trailer Prompto for confirmed Overwatch. Prompto confirmed for yeah, 38. Um, no, imagine but I, if Prompto flew out of the keyhole <laughs> in the Smash reveal, <laughs> and it's like Prompto's finally come home. Prompto like the, the fight. Like they show Sora, but you're not going to play as Sora because you can play as Prompto, and everyone Prompto would be so excited by head. that. Sora's limp body falls to the earth, <laughs> oh, and it's good. Prompto with a sniper rifle saying, "I'm here." But yeah, I mean, you you have to in order for a game to work. I think particularly one that is supposed to have a fan base that gets really devoted to it, it does come down to characters, first and foremost. I really do believe that. Mm-hmm. Um, well, no, you're, you're not wrong. Like, the characters in 14 are, like, extremely... Like, the ones you keep right. running into, the Scions, are sort of your your friends. Like, they're extremely compelling. I think, like, there there is this mix now. And, I you know, I don't think it's necessarily a healthy thing because we, we lose out on a lot of short you know, smaller narratives and stuff like that that are contained. Um, but, you know, like, it's not a surprise that some of the most engaging, like, I'll, I'll talk to, like, my friend Dia about Final Fantasy fourteen, and, and we have, like, you know, fairly, I wouldn't say, like, diametrically opposed opinions on the main, the main story quest, but she's definitely less big on mm. it than I am. But, like, it's still fun to play that game. Like, right, right. Just like, even if you don't like, even if you don't like what you're doing quest wise, it's like, oh, cool. Like, I can go hang out around all these we- all these people that are doing weird stuff, or like, oh, there's a social element mm-hmm. or whatever. Like, it is that many screens all at once sort of thing. Sort it's of as feel. Reggie and once like, famously said, the game is fun. If it's not fun, wow. why bother? Yeah, that's uh, Reggie for Reggie in the full effect. Right? Yeah, correct. Yeah, <laughs> okay. that is uh, Reggie Fils-Aimé, former president of Nintendo of America. You might have heard. Yeah, of him. and and yeah, I think one of the big Doug problems with, with fifteen is that like it's just not fun to play. Sure. For most of it, mm. you can hold. You're supposed to hold one button, the circle button. Yeah. Just 
you, forever. You just hold it. And you then just, you win. But I, then that's not even true because they don't give you a... Sometimes they, your character okay. does, like, weird things. They just, like, jump around the enemy instead of hitting them properly. Yeah, they do, like, a Kingdom Hearts, like, turn around, like, fly into the air thing. But sometimes we'll just miss them. Like, even when you're locked on, you'll sometimes just, like, dart off in a different direction. And also your block and dodge button are the same button. And if you don't hit the block button in the millisecond of time that you have to hit it, you will just fly off the screen. When I was like, playing... The, uh, the Ignis, no rhyme or reason to the dodge mechanic. When I was playing the Ignis DLC, it kept making the 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 block button prompt kept showing up after I got hit every yeah. single time. Uh huh. That's a real problem too. Uh, and, and it's so busy, you just can't it. tell what's going on. <laughs> You can't tell what's going on most of the time, but the game doesn't really want you to because it just wants you to hold circle. But then sometimes things are just going to go horribly, horribly wrong. Um, if you're going to do a game like, and if you are going to do that mechanic, you should at least make the player feel really powerful by holding circle. Like, yeah, you should be right. able to like, really wreck well, shit up. That's what makes the game enemy is so like much. a sponge. That, like, yeah. <laughs> they will not die. Level 14 creatures. I'm level like 60 and I'm like toothpicking them. Like the whole, just the tiniest of amounts. The whole like, the hold the button is a 30 down. hour battle. Like what are we doing here? <laughs> the whole like hold the button down and and win but you still feel powerful doing it. Like that's what games like Bayonetta and Devil yeah. May Cry do so well, right? Yeah. They're not full on fighting games. You don't have to be pulling these incredibly complex combos necessarily. You can win by, you know, button mashing basically. Yeah. But the whole time it feels it good. feels great. Yeah. It feels amazing. And and right. and my issue with like the Final Fantasy battle system, which I do think kind of worked in Chrono Trigger, but maybe that's just because I was playing on DS and I the the system where it has the little meter that goes across that there is are Final only, Fantasy fans only banging in Final on Brian's Fantasy windows. and Chrono Trigger. Like, this is like, and pitchforks. I'm talking about a real system if everyone, here. If anyone could see my face here, it's just, it's so bad. You're doing I'm the, sorry, you're doing the famous like... Picard face palm right now. <laughs> oh God, there are Final Fantasy fans outside of Trevor's window okay, too. Okay, if you're going to tell me that the battle mechanics in Chrono Trigger are not They're like the battle mechanics in Final Fantasy 4 and onward, what are we doing here? They're using that same system. What we're, Beyond what we're just doing simple turn-based battling, it's, right? It's like you saw Mario and you're like, huh, these games where you run across the screen and kind of jump sometimes, they're all Mario no, to me. Because all Sonic the Hedgehog no, is Mario to me. Because well, the, the Final Fantasy battle system is distinct from the one in Dragon Quest or Pokemon or Tales, of course, but it's, where they try to combine the live-action component with turn-based, and that's also present in Chrono Trigger, Right. I'm not trying to make this whole thing a treatise about Chrono Trigger. <laughs> I'm just talking about this battle mechanic. There's a okay. And so what I would say there, if you if you want to make that argument, what I would say is you're talking about a live action element to it, which like is something a lot of RPGs gleamed onto when they when like games started doing it. I'm actually going to do the the cardinal sin and research right now and see. Let's see. Let's see when. Um. By the way, for my money, the First. best the best implementation of a real time combat mechanic in a turn based RPG is the Mario and Luigi games. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We're we're so cool. yeah. It's it's contingent on each turn, but you can still make your choices without having to worry about other people attacking you beforehand, right. which is what is frustrating about the Final Fantasy four onward battle system. But what I what I do think is interesting is that Square shows a certain discomfort with just doing 
the thing that they could have been doing this whole time, which is just doing normal turn-based battling. And 15, I think, shows an even further discomfort with trying to go into like a normal uh, real-time system. And they're, they're, you know, they're expanding off of what was being done in 12 a little bit. Um, I say having only played a tiny bit of 12. Um, but they, they, they don't want to be like another game. It's like they're, they're insistent on being like, no, we have to do something different because we're Final Fantasy. We cannot be uh, well, following also... this mechanic of another system. So we're going to make a system where you hold the button down the whole time. <laughs> that's kind of that's kind of a thing, though. Like it's, it's like heavy, heavy is the head that wears the crown, right? Like Final Fantasy is for better or for worse still the Cadillac of... RPGs, yeah. you know what the I mean? Regalia like, in this case. There's yeah, it, no... it seems like yes. Dragon Quest, for some reason, does not have that same kind of weight put on it. Well, in, in America, Dragon Quest is right. huge It is in huge Japan. in Japan, but it doesn't um, seem like, like, you know, it doesn't seem like it's trying, it's struggling as much with that weight, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, oh, oh I see what you're I saying. Think yeah. I think that Dragon Quest like, is so like, more comfortable thing... with what it is. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I think the other thing about Final Fantasy in looking at Final Fantasy 15, especially if you're thinking about combat mechanics, is that you're still dealing with this issue of, and I, you know, I don't, it, no defense of Final Fantasy 15 here in terms of combat, which like no one seems to really like. Like, I don't think it's yeah. just us, but like the if, uh, Final Fantasy 7 remake is essentially built off of that same system and is like universally loved. Like, people love that system. People love playing Final Fantasy 7 remake and the fighting. Yeah. Well, not, universally is probably right. strong, but like people seem to really like it, right? And like, yeah. I sure do. I think that again is like Square just has to roll out these games and like yeah. the way they're doing it, they're like, <laughs> let's get it out there. And people are yeah. just like, I don't think this is really ready for primetime, guys. Like, we'll figure yeah. it out by the next time we remake Final Fantasy Seven. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, and and that's really interesting too, because um it kind of it kind of segues a little bit into a point I wanted to make about Final Fantasy because I don't think uh I didn't realize that my two co-hosts didn't like the series as much as i do uh i don't worry I think I'm, I'm i'm there with you yeah <laughs> I, think I, it's I think i think that final fantasy is actually what i think all art should be which is big swings and occasionally just and also okay so final fantasy 7 i recently played for the first time like last year during the pandemic i bought all of the Final Fantasy games uh, from 7 on, and I started playing through them. Uh, as I said, I abandoned 8 after the first battle, and uh, I love 9, and I'm working my way through 9 right now, and it's just, it's it's really fun, and I love it. But It's seven, a charming game. I was, yeah. It's really charming. Uh, but 7, I was so surprised to find, is such a freaking mess. They, they were like, mm -hmm. I don't want to make one video game, I want to make yeah. every video game at once. And in spite of that mess, it still somehow hangs together and creates this bizarre, weird, beautiful tapestry of a game that it's a I, wild game. Yeah, yeah, that I actually and I, I really love the remake as well for being like, hey, everything this everything you thought you knew about this, we're not beholden to that anymore. We can do whatever we want because this is just an entirely different, right. you know, universe, I guess. Spoilers for Final Fantasy seven remake. Uh, but um <laughs> Even 15, how dare you as much first off <laughs> as, yeah sorry as much as i as i do not like 15 and think it does not work on so many levels it at least is trying so many new things yeah, yeah. in an industry that is so reliant on doing the same thing yep. over and over high assassin's creed over over right. and over and yeah. over again <laughs> ubisoft let's go ubisoft what's up um 
Oh, got to cut off the podcast now. I got some cease and desist. <laughs> Just oh, tell them to send the letters to us this time. I don't mean to alarm anyone, but Rayman is here, and oh, no. he is revving up his fist. He can get me from across the room. Uh, he has no limbs. Uh, no, I... He's, got, yeah, he's, he's broken. a broken man. Um, but yeah, I... I so I'm excited for, I'm always excited for a new Final Fantasy because I'm always excited to see what just chaos they're going to unleash upon my system. Uh, in, a, in, a way, in a way that, you know, we were talking about Death Stranding earlier. Like right. every time Kojima comes out with a new game, it's like, what the yeah, fuck well, is this going to be? I'm always going to play it. Like, uh, you know. Yeah. yeah. And, and 15 has, is such an appealing game. Like, it looks really fucking nice. The boys are pretty. The, the land is pretty. pretty. You have a nice car. I like the car. You don't do much with the car, but I like the car. Why can you not go off road? What's not to like about the regalia? <laughs> you can fly and then immediately crash and die. You, you which can is fly what I in did. a post game, and if any game has uh, never warranted a post game, it's Final Fantasy Fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I didn't spend I didn't spend hours in the Golden Saucer trying to win uh, tickets to purchase the regalia uh, in, in an MMO without liking it. Um, AJ, I think, I think your, your point about um, the throwing everything at the wall and seeing what sticks is, is, is one that's well made. And I, I really, I think maybe just thinking about like my opinion about Final Fantasy as, as, as a series, you know, part of it might honestly come down to the fact that I don't think I like the RPG genre as much as you do. Hmm. Um, but when I think about the games similarly that I am the most sort of passionate about and the ones that are most interesting to me, similarly, they are the games that really try something new. Um, you know, that's why that's why like Cruelty Squad was one of the most interesting games of the year for me. Um, it's a wild game. I don't I think that it's like at this point, all of the praise for it is maybe a little overwrought. Like it is an interesting game that does well, a lot sure. of interesting stuff. Um, sometimes it succeeds. Well, welcome yeah, to ex video exactly, game discourse. Exactly. <laughs> like any, any honest, uh, uh, approach to, uh, cruelty squad will see like, yeah, like some of it succeeds, some of it fails, but at the end yeah. of the day, it does stuff and makes most importantly, makes you feel things, uh, yeah. that you wouldn't necessarily otherwise feel. Um, so yeah, I, for, by the way, but I will say, uh, final fantasy 10 for me, uh, in terms of the Final Fantasies that left the biggest mark on me, that's the one for me. Um, well, well, well. The the Death of God narrative resonates I know. With, Surprise. with Joshua Surprise. Bowerman. I can't Shocker. believe it. This is uh, so shocking. Also, I'm just in love with um, both Yuna and Riku. So. I, I, think it's, I think it's cool how you're wearing Oron's clothes right now like, yeah. while we're talking. Well, I, He's I been think trying to practice how... how to laugh this whole... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh god that's uncanny I, yeah how in the last years. like six years what did this come out in 2015 um we've had yeah. a number of really high profile games where the story is is botched in a lot of really interesting ways um with cyberpunk coming out mm. with death stranding where there's so many th th there's terrible pacing you know death stranding has like half of its cutscenes after you get to the West Coast. Right. And it's, it's just like, so all oh, I of already did fucking... everything, and yeah. now I have to find out that this woman who I, I've never really had any solid idea of who she is, Twist, she's actually oh, no, also the president, right. and she's now I'm going to make my way back, 
and I'm and also course, dead for a while and setting, I'm turning blue. Setting all of the stupid like plot twists and pacing aside, also it's a Hideo Kojima game, so all of the cutscenes are like five hours long. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, well, except for the best cutscene, the game, which is when Mads Mikkelsen looks straight into camera and says, "It's Daddy." <laughs> I disagree with a very that. Brief scene. Um, it, That's short because if it was longer, everyone would just watch yeah. it all the time and be and, insufferable and about Cyberpunk it. And Cyberpunk has like, the same... Watching this... <laughs> and Cyberpunk has the same thing where it's like they put... There's so much exposition, but none of it is put into describing or explaining the thing that you actually care about. It's just like they've, they've spent mm -hmm. so much time on... And, and Death Stranding does this where they're just describing all these other things that shouldn't be described. And mm -hmm. then the things that you kind of should know about, you never really learn about. But I don't think any of them have failed as spectacularly moment by moment as mm. Final Fantasy 15, which has mm. all the same kind mm. of pacing issues, but you just have someone comes on screen and people talk to him like they know him already, but he actually hasn't shown up before. Or when you get Prompto back in the main story and he's going on Yay. and on about the cloning thing. And it's like, was I supposed to know that he was a clone from the beginning? Because he's just talking about it right now, and it seems like all the party knows that too. And then you play the Prompto DLC, and it's him slowly finding out that he's a clone. Yeah. <laughs> kind of messed up that you're that you're all, that you're like angry at Prompto for processing in that way. Yeah, don't don't try to don't try to normalize Prompto's <laughs> trauma. That's not nice. Prompto, I, I think like I think you know, I think the you know it's it, it's funny you say that because like I think you're right. And I also think there's been like, and this might be part of the reason we're moving, we see moving away from uh, stories like 15 and, and indeed stories like Death Stranding in some ways too, you know, stuff like Nier Automata and the the, the sort of like <coughs> resurgence of the old Nier games with the re remake. Um, hmm. I mean, that's the one that's coming to mind, but there are plenty like that have been these sort of like momentary blips, not momentary blips, but these sort of things that should have been you know, back burner, like second tier stuff mm -hmm. that have become huge, right? Like, like your yeah. automata is a huge game and no one, I think at square Enix would have like bet you that it would be. Yeah. Like, I mean, no. it wasn't, I, I'm sure they, I'm sure they're thrilled. I doubt they thought that they were know, really the banking Yokotaro on the quiet man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, yes, this is going to be our meal um, ticket. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> we're doing but, like, a three hour it, video it, essay it, on the quiet man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, don't do that <laughs> we, to yourself. Um, good. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like, it's it's interesting that now we're seeing, we're still seeing, like, bloated AAA games for sure. But there is this sense of, like, oh, what if we can tap into that, like, art market that got Nier Automata um, big? Or, like, yeah. what if we could, like, maybe we should talk to these people who can make us, a, like, a, a hot, like, 30 to 40 hour game or something as opposed to... We need a narrative that just like sits in your belly, like you know, London broil all night. Um, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Like, it, it's an interesting shift in the market. I don't think it's going to last because people are going to th at the first time one of these games fails, they're going to immediately go back to it. Um, but Brian, your your point about uh, cyberpunk made me think. I was um, when I when I'm at work, I like to listen to <laughs> I like to listen to really bad uh, scary stories on YouTube. That people animate, they're really <laughs> stupid, and they they just kind this of like is, go in and out amazing. of my mind. Like, yeah, it's, it's uh, I mean, you can just look up like animated scary stories. They're all very bad. Like, um, like, but like bad as in ineptly told, or like what what is it that makes them bad? Um, I mean, the animation's not great, but they're doing their best there. Um, okay. 
I mean, mostly these people just like write stories and sometimes they get retold if they're being reused, they get the same people off Fiverr to do it. So you hear the same oh, hell voices yeah. all okay, the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh nice. Um, how do I uh, it's, audition it's wild. to uh, get one of those roles? <laughs> uh... You should have gotten it. You're better than a lot of those people. <laughs> um, but uh, but anyway, like I I can I mean it's it's fine. I'm not really in it to, for like the content. They're all the same story after a while. But the there was one I remember from Doctor No Sleep uh, that I just was like I remember it. I remember it and oh, his are these, handle. Are these from the, the No story. Sleep subreddit? Mostly sometimes, like the fucking, yeah. Yeah, okay. I understand what you're talking about then. I'm sorry. I yeah, they're sort of like creepy. Taking time away from your podcast to clarify for me what a scary story is. Um, but human beings have <laughs> Yeah, thanks. <laughs> See the rush of adrenaline to the head is actually pleasing for several people who listen to these stories, Josh. Right. And in feudal Japan Josh, we, there was a tradition down... known as Hyaku Monogatari Kaidan Kai. Where you would sit around. Brian, and enough tell- people have watched the Pulse video, okay? <laughs> Send at least some people to the Quest one. Jesus Christ. Y'all got to play Final Fantasy VII. I had to play Quest 64 90 times, okay? Let me have this. But bottom you chose line, that. yes, not so, good. Not but- good, not good scary stories. Yeah, but it's fine. It doesn't really matter. Like the the I just I put them on because right. they're, they're yeah, background yeah. noise, right? Um and I focus on anything if it's like remotely interesting uh even if i you know so like i can't listen to anything that is interesting um so like there was one though that was about it was supposed to be like a cyberpunk 2077 scary story like set in the world oh, of it amazing um Ooh. and it was immediately unlistenable because they used the <laughs> cyberpunk exposition and they were just like i live in night city in this city corporations control everything <laughs> we have a, a, an internet like an internet that's called this and to this people are called that and i was like people really think this is good because like, <laughs> they're seeing like cd project red do it. it this is horrible and like you're right like that kind of that kind of exposition is just death and it's like it's horrible well, I would have loved any and all of that exposition yeah. in fifteen. Like just, just like even like a even like a little bit of like a crumbling of it. So, so many of the conversations, like even in the first half of the game, remember Dino? Are, are just about like remember the Dino, king that the you don't New see. York reporter that just shows up <laughs> midway through and makes you go get a mineral for him, and you encounter a literal bald eagle, and you're like, we get it. The open world is America. We know. <laughs> But, you know, they're talking about kings you don't see or the princess you're supposed to marry. And the only information you can actually get on them is in, like, the dossier, which is, like, three menus deep. And then you read it, and it tells you nothing. (laughs) It's like... You are supposed to marry a princess. The loading screens all show, like, cities you'll never visit. And they give you information where you don't know the text on the screen if it's what led to the scene you just watched or explaining the scene itself or explaining where you're going once this loading screen ends. It's exposition by riddles. And I just don't have the (laughs) brain space. And it's amazing. And what it means is like there was just a lot of incomplete stuff. There was so much stuff getting thrown out constantly because that's what happens when you make a game for 10 years. It means that you're actually getting rid of the constant rewrites. Right. It's it's like Resident Evil 4, right? There was like a completely different game that they just threw out and then made this thing about evil Spaniards. And 
And right, well, and right that's so. what they should have done with Final Fantasy 15. If it was all about evil Spaniards, I'd be able to follow it. But also, like again, RE4 actually coheres, <laughs> right? Like well, yeah. it, it's it's the goofiness suits the game overall because it's also a very action-oriented title, and so that driving action and sort of the heightened nature of the world interact with each other really, really nicely. Even as it, even as it gets kind of like weird toward the end, it still yeah. makes sense. And and well, once you get to the yeah. end of Final Fantasy 15. You lose Please. the dude's rock. You you lose your friends. You get separated from them on the train. Then you get separated from them again in the really long chapter with all the jump scares. And then you finally get back together. And then you get separated from them for 10 years. And you end up in a world of night, like immediately after reuniting with them. And then you reunite with them again. And then you get separated again to fight Arden at the last moment. And it's like... What about Dude's Rock? That yeah. was the game. The game the was opening, Dude's Rock. The opening song is Stand By Me. Right. right. <laughs> and you you make them not stand by me. I Let mean, them stand by me. This will be my this will this will be my final yeah. comment on the game because I don't want to put a hat on a hat with my commentary. I won't cut you guys off, but I will say this is the like the only reason the the game falls off is because they chose not to make it just about friends or make it like a, a gay romance game. Yeah. Like it, there's like mm. the fact that the princess was there means that like your friends have to go away in final fantasy logic. And like, it's like, <laughs> but the whole game's about how important my friends are. Like <laughs> no choices. It can't just be my friends and it can't be my husband. It has to be, we have to, we have to leave them behind on the train. <laughs> And all we really want to do is play as Prompto. Yep. Right. Play as Prompto. That's all anybody wants <laughs> um, So before we close up yeah. shop, um, and by way of by way of final thoughts, questions, um, any final thoughts you have on Final Fantasy fifteen plus your favorite game? What like we've we've talked about a game that's sort of like promising and disappointing. Mm. What is what's your like? It doesn't have to be the the one. Don't don't worry. Mm. I won't hold you to it. But like. A favorite game, let's say one that one that has meant a lot to you. Um, so I'll start. I'll start. I'll go clockwise on my own screen, which means I have to start with myself. Uh, but then I have to go down. Have to, I'll just swap that. I'll start with Josh. Cool. Um, so, I mean, I, in terms of like games that really deliver on what they promise in, in in an interesting way, you mean like that kind of thing? Sure. Yeah. Whatever it means to you. Whatever it means for yeah. Um, well, yeah, like the I, game I know that, that was meaningful to you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so there's really two that pop to mind immediately. Um, and those are Deus Ex and Thief 2. Uh, and at some mm. point, I know, Travis, we've talked about like, I want to come on and talk about Thief 2 and Shock 2 and like the looking glass games and what they did, both for the immersive sim genre and just for gaming in general. Um, the yeah. first time that I played Deus Ex was actually in college. Um, and so that was, mm, at this point, first time I played it was probably about 12 years ago or so, 12, 13 years ago. Um, and it was the first time that I played a game where it was like, oh, you could just kind of do whatever you want. And the developers have given you a toolkit that you can play around with based on what makes the most sense for you in terms of how you want to solve the problems that the level design presents. 
Um, that to me is what makes games exciting is when you, as the player, learn the story and interact with the characters through the gameplay that is happening and that the gameplay is emergent based on how it is that you prefer to play. I hate nothing more than games that railroad you down one specific path and make you do things one specific way. And so the freedom of uh, Deus Ex was a real revelation for me. And then I played Thief 2 uh, only like, I think less than a year ago, both Thief 2 and Shock 2. And both of those games absolutely knocked my fucking socks off. And then more recently, Prey in that same vein. Uh, Fucking great game. Yeah, Prey's a Shock game for sure. Cool. Nice. All right. Continuing clockwise. Actually, I'm just going to do reverse clockwise because it makes it more more straightforward. Uh, reverse clockwise is Brian. Okay. So if, if if I get the chance to pick two as well, um, probably the, the one like legacy game. <laughs> no, only game Josh. That I, always, that I, that I talk <laughs> that's, about. That's my special privilege as, as, as like, a producer of Trevor's shows. I get two games. The, you the get one, one that has a, no, a particular no. like sentimental value to me is... Sure. is Link's Awakening, um, mm. which I think it, it in part shows an era of, of game development that doesn't really exist anymore because you could make your main games on the consoles and then you can make these side games where no one has any expectations whatsoever of what you're going to fucking make on a Game Boy. And, and because yeah. of that, people could branch out in these really new unique ways with simplified gameplay and figuring out the most that they could do with these limited structures Mm. and Link's Awakening uh, embodied all of that I think it made one of the most compelling Zelda worlds in the way that you uh, constantly are unfolding and unlocking it and then it just completely fucking rips it away from you like I think it was the very first Mm -hmm. game I ever actually managed to beat as a kid and that moment what a crushing game to beat yeah and you get to the end, and the windfish is like, let's wake up. And you're like, okay. <laughs> the whole screen goes white. And you just watch everyone that you met and, and whose lives you improved or who you turned back from a raccoon or whatever, and they're and now they're just gone. Um, and, and the game doesn't tell you what to think about that exactly. It's just what happens. Um, and then right. more recently, as far as the stuff I've played in the last, like, a couple years throughout the pandemic, and, and this is a very basic sort of answer, it seems, but Fallout New Vegas really opened my eyes to, um, because so much of my work in the last six years has been in immersive theater as a, a writer and actor, uh, really opened my eyes to how you can design a story that remains modular and remains changeable uh, based on the action of, of the player from the beginning to the end and how to get the mm. ideas across and how to um, fully transform the world that you are in as you're getting through it. So those cool. are my answers. Yeah, no, fantastic answers. Yeah, love it. And uh, I, I, I never want to add on people's answers like this. Like there's, there's, yeah. no, there's no yes ending, <laughs> you, you hear. Uh, and uh, last but not least, AJ. Yeah, um, so my two games really focus on time and use time in very interesting ways. Uh, the first That's one funny. Neither of the other ones did. <laughs> <laughs> All of your games dealt with time in some way. Yeah, no, no. But, this, but these, these like explicitly are as like a mechanic. Like it is, it is a, as a gameplay mechanic. And uh, mm. I think 
the first one is Majora's Mask because I think it actually deals it, it feels very much like Link's Awakening in that it is Link processing trauma but through a like fictional world like mm-hmm. he's transported to this other world and in that one it's much more like clearly a dream where Termina feels more real like he has been transformed to a different dimension that's just being destroyed over and over again and it's such a goopy weird like gross kind of game which mm-hmm. is something that like they had such a limited amount of time like just learning about the development of that game is just so mind-boggling <laughs> that they had like a year to and they just use all the mm-hmm. and that's why everything repeated from ocarina of time but it actually comments so beautifully on ocarina of time and about link overcoming losing his best friend yeah. basically yeah. and um and you know God, I just, I will never forget entering the moon and seeing that field and that tree and those kids running around with the boss masks uh, around the tree. I will never forget that moment. Like, it is seared into my Mm. mind of what you could do with video games. And then the second one is the Prince of Persia trilogy because I don't think, I think a lot of people talk about Sands of Time because Mm -hmm. it's an amazing game and I love Sands of Time. Um, It's it's so fun and quippy and an utter delight to play and the game mechanic of Rewinding Time was so revolutionary. It's great. But Two Thrones, uh, the Two Princes, or the Two Thrones, I think, is the third one in that series and that one has, I think, the greatest ending of any video game story I've ever seen. The fact that it loops in on itself and begins the story of Sands of Time again, but also is a game about reckoning with the brutality of the video game industry and developing a game and how Hmm. with Warrior Within, they had to like give in to market pressures to make a God of War clone, but how what they really wanted to make was just another Prince of Persia game. And then Hmm. what they did instead of like, you know, retconning the second game is oh that never happened this angry like hardcore prince with the boobs and the blood actually i uh, did love his tits in the second game they were they yeah were gorgeous. The inc- impeccable tits uh, <laughs> but, in, but in two thrones they just made them fight each other and it was like right. it was a series reckoning with itself but not in a way that felt too like meta like them looking at you being like do you get it it's just like it really <laughs> felt like a character driven like fight for the soul of that franchise and i thought it was beautiful um did you also want our thoughts about final fantasy 15 or we should we uh i don't have to you're well if you have any left you're welcome to give um, them to me. i guess all i really want to say uh about final fantasy 15 is that i didn't like this meal but when final fantasy 16 trailer played square said i've come up with a new recipe and i'm going to eat the <laughs> shit out of it I have new recipe. I have a new recipe. <laughs> the new recipe is you can play as Prom. Yeah! Yeah! Hell yeah! Let's go! Finally! Let's go! <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much for being on, guys. I so appreciate thank you for it. Having us. Where yeah, can people find all of you? Well, in the woods. <laughs> actually, as of today, we have launched our website. Uh, oh at least, it, at so least it's, it's, Google. it's fucking cool. Actually, yeah. uh, you can go to worstpossible.world and uh, there's links also, to all Also, worstofallpossibleworlds.com, right? Which, yeah. Yes. And, worstofallpossibleworlds.com redirects to 
worstpossible.world. But either yeah. way, it'll take you to a truly delightful and very beautiful website that has links to all of our stuff. Uh, yeah. And of course, we are on Patreon. Uh, and that's it, the way that we. We're on Twitter. If you yeah. if you just find you know the worst of all possible worlds T W O A P W. Yep. Um, you'll find us on Twitter and then branch out. I'm at Spock's Brian. Josh yep. is at Bosch J. AJ is at the Fuzzy Mask or at that's the it. Fuzzy yeah, Mask. That's man. the Fuzzy Mask. Yeah. Fuzzy Mask. Um, that's very where we nice. Are. Excellent. Well, uh, yeah, definitely listen. It's a great podcast. I've not just saying that because I like anything that Scott uh, guests on, um, as it speaks to is speaks well to me as a person who knows and has him <laughs> on the show. Um, no, no, it's it's great. You guys, you guys do really good work. I'm, uh, I will once I come up with something that I know about. Um, I'll I'll be happy. I'll be I'll be uh, forcing Josh. Absolutely. To yeah. No, we can always any, come time talk about Adventures and Odyssey. Yeah, we could That's always true. just force feed well, you, you some go. Adventures and Odyssey episodes. <laughs> <laughs> you will you will suffer psychic damage though so like it's kind of up to you like we can talk about something you love or we can force feed you something that you are going to hate yeah <laughs> i mean i i do like talking about things i hate yeah. i i could also i should a good bit would be if i came on and i had played all of etrian odyssey um and i thought that's what you said and like just had a lot to say about etrian odyssey honestly we could find some parallels i think we could probably find some parallels in there you go through the no-no yeah, door, uh, anything's that, possible. Yep. <laughs> I want to watch this show now. Um, <laughs> all right, well, guys, please come back anytime, and uh, thanks so much for being here. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you Trevor. See you. Hey, thanks for listening to No Cartridge. If you'd like to support us further, please consider going to patreon.com slash no cartridge, or for a one-time donation, paypal.me slash hegelbon, H-E-G-E-L-B-O-N. It's really, really helpful for all of us to be able to support uh, the many people who make the show, uh, you know, myself included, but also our producers and various co-hosts um, and, and writers and artists. Thank you so much for listening. Please remember to like, subscribe, share any of those things that would let other people get the quality video game analysis that you've grown accustomed to.